for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. All right, we're hot. I'm just going to do something real quick here. Let's, we can do it together if you haven't already, but... There no, my mine's already good. I got three. There it is. I've got four of them sitting here. One's already gone. <laughs> I won't lie. Oh man. Took a, took a nap today. Won't lie. Fell asleep on Did the couch. Did you really? Yep. Wow. Okay. Yep. Okay. For, for I will say everybody uh everybody listening, you're in for a you're in for a treat today. And um boy, I'm tired right now, I can tell you that. Uh mm-hmm. we've had a We've had a long day. You've had a lot, even longer two days. Um, boy, <clears throat> what what we're about ready to get into is is something that uh, you and I experienced somewhat together for the first time in our hunting journeys ever. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and uh, it's it, I people listening to this might not think it's going to be a, a crazy deal, but this is. If I wasn't there and didn't see it, not that it's not believable, but it's, you know, you always hear people talk about what we're going to talk about and the amount of blood that they see and everything like it's the best one ever. Like I'm, I'm not kidding you right now. When we get into what we're talking about, are going to talk about today. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's wild. So this might be a long haul. It's going to be a couple beer podcast. Probably. I haven't drank a beer in a while. So, uh, actually since I killed no go, that was the last time I've drank a beer. So, (laughs) um, but I do, before we get into tonight's season 23 update, uh, I do want to say that, uh, we have some partners to kind of shout out here. So let's get those done with, uh, real quick. And then we're going to jump into what we're going to talk about. I got an update and everything, but I want to kind of bring everybody back full circle before we get into this. So. Partners, Latitude Outdoors, Helix Broadheads, Exodus Outdoor Gear, Garmin, Buck Bourbon, Prime Archery, and America's Best Bowstrings. I feel like I'm missing something. I don't think I am. But if you guys are looking for, you know, discount codes or anything like that, check out the show notes. They're in every show notes. You guys can save money on that. Um, you know, the format of the season season episodes, I started it last year and it's just raw to the point. Obviously, there was no... There's no uh, intro music, no nothing like that, no drawn-out intro. We just want to give it to you raw. And that's what you're going to get tonight. You're going to get real. You're going to get raw. 
you might get some things that people wouldn't normally say on a podcast or show on social media. Um, you're going to get that. The good, the bad, uh, the ugly, everything. So um, <clears throat> to start off, first and foremost, this update is actually for October 11th. So yesterday's season 23 update that I had with Tupac, and remember I said David hunted last night, you know, October 11th. In that episode, I said David hunted and we'll have an update. What you guys didn't know is I already knew that David sh- shot a buck. He shot his number one deer, Big Barry. Okay. And that, there it is. We're, we're, we're ripping the bandaid right off. Big Barry was shot last night. Um, but before we get into Big Barry, I want to hijack your episode real quick, David, because everybody that listened to my update on October 11th about Tupac, and it's, it's weird that I'm referring him to as Tupac because, you know, obviously, the whole uh, everything is out on Tupac and everything, and I feel kind of bad about it. But it's, you know, that's just what we named the deer. And mm-hmm. but anyway, <laughs> let's get into it because if you haven't listened to the October 11th update on that, I had a really good encounter with this deer I named Tupac. Actually, David named him Tupac uh, last night on October 11th. Something transpired this morning, <laughs> and uh, so I go to David's this morning. I drive to David's and um, as I'm driving to David's, my buddy Austin sends me a trail cam picture from our family farm that there's two guys tracking a deer on our property. You can tell they're tracking a deer and we, you know, we have no idea what is going on. At first, we couldn't really recognize the guys, but at, at further glance, we could. And they had called another one of our guys to ask if they could have permission to come on and track. 100%. I am always good with letting people track onto our property because when the shoe's on the other foot, I want to be able to track on someone else's property because it happens. I've had to ask for permission a lot. Hell, we had to ask for permission today. Mm-hmm. And so there was guys tracking this deer. Long story short, it comes to find out that the neighbor shot Tupac this morning. We think when when the story I'm getting is when a, when a trail cam picture was shown to him, he said, yes, that's the deer, and it was Tupac. So, boy, <clears throat> if that's true, I, I'll, I'm not going to lie. I've had a rough day, a little bit of a rough day today, like because I've got, you know, I've been, you know, I've been kind of ever since I found this or we found this deer in the summer, He's been like one of the top of the, on the list, um, if not the top. He's a big deer. I'm glad I my encounter last night. I did look back at the footage today. I got him on camera the whole time, in frame, focused, ripping a scrape and everything. You can see him in all of his glory, and I'm like, God, you know. And now to to hear that he there's a good chance he got shot is uh is difficult, but you know. They tracked all through our property. They brought a they brought a tracking dog in. We had all this on a lot of our cameras. <laughs> we were getting notifications today and everything, like the tracking dog coming through our cameras, through scrapes in the core of our property and everything. And it's like, damn. You know, the only good thing is, you know, tomorrow, Friday and Saturday, it's supposed to rain all day. So I'm hoping that that is something that can kind of like wash away some scent maybe and just kind of get the deer down back down at ease. Um, but I will say tomorrow, Friday, if you guys are, you guys are probably listening to this on Friday, it's, it's going to rain and I'm going to go move some cameras. So 
I just wanted to get that out there because I know everybody likes to follow along with these season updates and I just want to be transparent and like that's a pretty big pretty big like you know storyline I guess like he could have he hasn't shown up on camera today at all he's pretty frequent on camera I'm going to pull some SD cards tomorrow I'm going to kind of do the loop I'm going to see if he's on some of those cards we're going to find out but uh, the saga on Tupac continues and maybe it maybe it does maybe it doesn't I hope he shows up but the fact that they didn't find the deer um with the dog kind of tells me that the deer probably isn't dead and we'll see I don't know so yeah it, it'll be interesting yeah you know when I think about the buck Tupac I think about you know the first thing that comes to my mind is that you know you guys are in this deer's home area like this you guys are hot on this deer's heels basically and the fact that you know he might have even though he might have been shot over on the neighbors my get my guess is you know if if he survives the shot licks his wounds give him you know five to seven days to get back to normal and i think you know i wouldn't be surprised in a week or two weeks if all of a sudden he doesn't start you know doing the same same thing depending on how, how bad he's hurt right you know we hope that you know if he was shot that he survives at this point not that he's just laying somewhere dead that that's worst case scenario right and not being recovered yep. but no one like i feel like you have like you were on top of that buck so i i in my true gut feeling he'll show back up for you as long as he's alive give him some time like i said he's probably gonna crawl in a hole get his bearings back and he'll be back around there. I mean, he, I I think you have his, his area pretty dialed. Yeah. And, and tomorrow I've got two locations that the scrape that I was hunting that I encountered him on, there will be a camera drop there tomorrow on that scrape. And that is literally what I can find. That is his core. That is where he spends a lot of his time. Mm -hmm. And I have another camera that I'm going to drop on another scrape. You know exactly where it's at. It's on that creek where, you mm -hmm. know, you know exactly where it's at. Um, that is, that is, I think, really close to where he spends a lot of his time on his belly and he beds. So um, for anything other than, you know, information, I get, I'm trying to just gather information, but I'm trying to gather if he's even still alive and around. So that's the whole plan, but I'm going to, I'm going to put a bow on Tupac. That's where we're at right now with him. I want to get into big Barry because this, <laughs> this is a hell of a saga. This is, this is crazy. Um, briefly DJ talk about a little bit of the history that you have with him just to get us like, you don't have to get into detail, but like the years of history, you know, if you can, I mean, not a ton of detail, but just get us up to speed to October 11th yesterday, you know, and how many years you've had with this deer and all that stuff. Yeah. So I've been, you know, able to truly track this deer for the last two years. And if I, if I probably did, you know, my homework and looked back three years ago, you know, at, at some really younger bucks, I may be able to figure out who he was back then. But it was last year when he became very distinct to me because he's got a, you know, he's got a curious, he's got like a, 
trait to him that it's very noticeable, right? Well, last year I quickly learned multiple things on him during the summer. You know, one, he doesn't mess with other deer. He's he's a, he's truly a loner most of the time, 99% of the time. Um, in, in the summer, like if you would see him, he will not run from you. He will not hightail away. He will lock up, he will freeze, and he will wait you out until dark. Whether you're on the side of a road, you know, if you happen to bump him out in the bean field, like he, he won't, like he, once he knows he's busted, like he won't move. Very, very like smart animal, right? That's just the summertime. And the thing about the fall is I've never seen him in the fall, ever. He's, he's showing up on two trail cameras last year in the fall on both those cameras are about two miles apart and I know for sure from other people that he's probably traveling another two miles from those cameras so I know he's probably he's covering between three to four miles for sure I've encountered him with you know like a spotting scope or binos on four different square miles this 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 deer is the most random deer I've ever seen in my life right and now this year he just got another year older and it was you know he's not the biggest deer I know about but he had he had my attention more than anyone you know I look back at the summertime it's the first deer first big buck that I seen back in June and I've been on his ass all summer as much as I can but the thing about being on this deer you can't think about where if you see him on a Friday night where you see him Friday night is not where you are going to see him Saturday night. You got to plan ahead. You got to think 24 to 48 hours in front of this deer. And another wild stat about this deer on four square miles that I'm covering, there's only ever been one trail camera that he's ever popped on twice. And the only reason he was even on there twice is because he was in the background and another deer popped that camera off. That's another thing about this deer. He would, he never triggered like cameras. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't, he was always in the background. He would, he knew about cameras. It seemed like. Yes. I it's, it's the first deer. Now, you know, I've talked about this on podcast before five, six years ago, I started hanging all my cameras, eight to 10 foot high, all of them. And for the most part, it instantly took away most deer looking at any camera. And the times when he has got caught in the background of camera, he's not looking at the camera. This is the first deer. I even told my wife, Amanda, this. This is the first deer that I believe he truly knows when a camera's out there. Like he, he just evades them. Because there'll be times when I glass him up and I know he's in the area. And that thing will, that, he will not walk by a camera. Dude, I, I can have every buck in two to three square miles working scrapes and that deer will not do it. He just won't, okay? Now, at the end of last year, kind of wrapping up last year, just about this deer, he showed up at the very last day of season and he shed one side so I knew that deer was alive. And he's got a very distinct feature about him, like I said. And it was noticeable at that last day of season. So I knew going into the next season he was live. 
and I, man, I filmed them a lot this summer. I filmed them a lot this summer, but I knew, I knew going into season, I talked about it on this podcast. I said, I thought my chances of killing him were about as slim as they get. But he was at the, he, but he's at the top of your list. He's at the very top of my list because he, he's intriguing to me, right? Like it's, it's not like I'm trying to go out and just necessarily kill the hardest buck, but it's just, he's, he's got a special place in my heart, dude. Like I, I tip my hat to him every time I see him because it's like, dude, I think you are at the very top of your game. He is the Michael Jordans of the bucks I've got to hunt in Michigan. To me, that like that is him. That is him. Like to run into this deer in a season I would I thought was gonna be next to impossible. That's like going into season I thought that, but I was okay with that. I like the mm-hmm. dude like I like the challenge. It's fun, right? Like this is what we do. Like trying to trying to track specific, you know, one specific deer. It's it's fun. It's hard. It will kick your ass a lot of times, but you know, if you get that opportunity and when you lay eyes on them and you instantly know who it is, dude, that's a pretty damn good feeling, man. Yeah. So, you know, you've been laying off Big Barry this year just because, so, you know, all the conditions weren't right. You've hunted him mm-hmm. once before this. You went in, didn't see him. And you know, you know, the area that you can hunt him. You've talked about it on a season 23 update that if you don't see him, it can be very difficult to get out of this place without him getting spooked and stuff like that. So, you know, it's not, to me, it's not a deer you can throw a lot of shots at. You have to like make them very calculated. He, because he just knows. And like you said, for you to see him two days in a row in the same area is unheard of. Mm -mm. You know, he's always moving. He's always moving. And, um, that was pretty unique. But when, you know, you and I talk every day. We talk every morning. We, you know, if our wives knew how many times we actually called each other and text each other, they'd probably think like we were going to move in together, to be honest <laughs> with you. So, um, <laughs> you know, when we, when we started talking, uh, yesterday morning, which had been October 11th, you know, we knew both of us were going to go hunting, but we talked and you, you told me, you're, you're like, I'm going after big Barry, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm like, okay, Let's do this, you know, and, and I know how calculated these strikes have to be for you. So for you to say that to me, it's like, okay, he's high percentage, like got a high percentage to get an arrow in him. So I, w- I was excited for you and, you know, <clears throat> going in, I was already obviously set up and doing my thing and Tupac in front of me, basically when you were, when you were getting set up and everything, but kind of let's, let's get into last, last night. October 11th. Let's, let's talk about that. Like, so take us, take us through the sit. Yeah. So, you know, the, you know, before we talk about exactly the 11th, when, when Aaron talks about being, having a precise strike on this, on a deer, you know, I talk a lot on these podcasts about having options, 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 right? That's why I was able to go hunt and kill a different buck on opening week because the conditions on my little sliver that I can hunt Big Barry on were just not right. So that's why I like to have options. I go hunt other bucks. If you think about a big piece of pie, a lot of times you ask for just a piece of it, right? Where I get to hunt Big Barry, it's a sliver of a piece. It's very small. And the the thing about this piece it's probably the most unsexy piece of whitetail ground that I that I hunt. It looks nothing like 
what I love and what I'm good at. And it looks nothing like that. But being open-minded to it and just thinking about just maybe, just maybe this is where this old whitetail lives that keeps slipping through the cracks somehow. Maybe this is the piece. So let's roll to you and I talked about yesterday morning, October 11th. We talked about the conditions and we we hit on this a lot. And I also had another buddy that texted me this. We were talking about it. During the day, I kept looking at that last two hours of the of the forecast. And it wasn't because it was going to start raining. It wasn't because it was going to, you know, the sun was going to pop out or the cloud cover was going to thicken. It was this. We had a westerly wind. And sunsets shortly after 7 o'clock. We had a westerly wind. And at 6, it was going to turn from west to like northwest. From 6 to 7, it was going to go northwest to almost northeast. But it was low speed. But it was just enough where it was like you could see, if you looked at a compass, the way that wind was going to blow. It was going to be, you know, it's. It, I felt like it could be in my favor. It's going to confuse them a little bit. They're going to get a lot of wind shifting right there, and it's it's almost going to make them somewhat get up on their feet, right? But before that wind shift, trying to get in there, you know, I, I left at like 3 o'clock. It was quiet, dude. It was really... So quiet. Really, really quiet. And I don't have... There's not a lot of ground to hunt. So most of the time, like I'm, you know, long walks deep into the the thick cover not this that, that's that's not the play here but in my mind i had one or two options of where i needed to hunt and in this particular area it's been select cut and there's a lot of there's a lot of uh treetops and blowdowns it's it's kind of the understory is not good it's pretty wide open but there is some old, you know, like I said, blowdowns and treetops. And there makes a couple thick areas that creates edges. And where I decided to set up last night, there is no heavy, heavy runways. There is no scrape. I love scrapes. There is no scrape. There is no rubs. There's nothing like that. But what there is, is there is a sm- small, and I'm talking small, little bedding area. Like either the buck I'm after is in there, and if he's not in there, he's not even going to be on the property at all. He's going to be somewhere else. And so you got this, you know, I'm I'm facing north, and you have this this small little bedding area that's been select cut. That's to my northwest, and then over to like my my east northeast is nasty blowdowns, that basically is going to create a funnel through there. I know it's not the rub, but it's this is still a funnel for early season. If you look at it, if a deer wants to go out to the destination food source, they have to come through there. They're going to work from the north down to the south. But as I made my way in there, I come across, and this is quite a ways away from where I was hunting, but I seen two giant, or not giant, but real nice shredded up rubs. I knew a good one was close. I knew it bucks in the area, so I I felt good about that. I took a I took my time. I really really took my time setting up. Like I can remember 
putting my GoPro down to film me setting up. And I was so worried about taking a step to go get the GoPro that I leaned over and like put my hand down like I was in a three-point stance to reach out and grab my GoPro because I did not want to take any extra steps in there because I knew like if if he was in there, I was close. I'm talking really, really close. What's re- what's what's really close? I I mean, I I think, you know, when I first seen the buck, which we'll get to during this story, I think I was within a hundred to a hundred and like seventy five yards of them, maybe even less, okay, maybe even less, and maybe you know maybe when we get into you being there today, maybe you can maybe I'll get your take on it too, but I get all set up, you know, four sticks up the tree as quiet as can be, set the platform as quiet as can be, camera arm, all of it, bow quiet it is everything. And I get up and I I like it. Like I like my setup a lot. You know, Buckley texts me. He says, how's it feel? I said, I love the setup. It's really quiet. Right. I, I screenshot this because I'll probably save it. I said, I love the setup. It's really quiet. I feel close. Like that. I, I said, I feel close. So night goes on. You and I are texting. You had the encounter with Tupac right off the rip. Right, like when you had the encounter with Tupac, I started to question if I was maybe too late into the tree. You know what I mean? Because you got a you got a nice head start. I'm seeing turkeys. Turkeys are you know, they're they're working through kind of just like I thought a deer might work through there. Like exactly, it forced them to come through there. As the night's going on, you know, I keep once in a while looking out behind me, a couple hundred yards away, out in this this big you know destination food source. I can see deer out there. I'm like, man, you know, obviously those deer didn't come through this funnel. They they had to have come from somewhere else. I look out there and I could see a nice, you know, probably like a hundred, hundred ten inch buck out there. And in that, I was like, man, if I didn't, if I if I wasn't in here after one deer, I may I may toy the idea to get down and see if I can't go stalk that deer out there in the beans and shoot them. And I said, no. Well, I gotta, you I gotta, told I gotta, me. You told me you text me. You're like, there's a there's a tweener in the field, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, oh god, like you know, are we are we are we gonna be filling a tag? <laughs> yeah, but I was like, I said no, I I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to the the plan and and we'll see it out. We'll see the night out. Now I'm facing straight north, you know, so that's my twelve o'clock for everyone picture it. I'm in the saddle, and I'm starting to really like having that tree between me and where I expect my buck to come from. I, I'm really, when I first started saddle hunting, I wasn't too sure about that, you know, because I was always on the opposite side of the tree in a tree stand. But now it feels like I can get away with some. And in self-filming, like that, that helps too, right? About 6.50, and I hadn't had a deer within hundreds of yards of me yet, like nothing. 650 just so quiet in there but you guys like you got to be on your toes because like like i said there's no understory there's not a lot of things to make noise most of the deer that walk through there are quiet right i hear one twig snap right to the north of me at my 12 o'clock hour i kind of peek around the tree a little to my left 
and I instantly see his right side and I know I know I know who it is immediately and I tell you what guys you don't have to hunt specific bucks or you know hunt a, a deer that you may name or anything like that but when you go in after deer and that thing steps out like you hope that feeling is it's incredible like you know what I mean like the the feel like I don't need my binoculars like just just there he is type of thing you know I dude I couldn't I couldn't agree more that's what happened to me last night with Tupac the mm-hmm. same thing mm-hmm. when you go in there you ju- you just literally get up in the tree and it's like oh my god he's right there how how is he right there right now and then it's like it worked my plan mm-hmm. worked he's right here let's make it happen yep yep and the, the, that's being you know those are calculated moves right and they don't happen all the time they probably don't happen more they don't happen more often than not you know but like when they do man it's that is that feeling right there is second to none so when when he catches my attention and he and when he snaps that twig he he's within bow range right away like right away but when I first seen him, the first thought I could think of was like when I looked at him and he was just standing there, he looked like a, a like a when a human wakes up and they rub their eyes, like they're trying to get all their senses, like that's what he looked like. It looked like he couldn't have been on his feet for just a few minutes. You know, and that was at 30 yards. And like I said earlier, I thought maybe he's 100, 170. I don't know, dude. Like he he looked like he was close. Like he looked like he was getting all his bearings together, you know, and, I, and I've talked about this a lot. Like there's hunting these edges where like you watch a big buck and before they exit the edge, they just stand there. They take it all in before they, and like once they commit, they they commit. And I filmed all this and whether anything ever comes about it, like you'll see him, like once he commits, he commits. And the weird thing that honestly surprised me is how loud he was like that like I was surprised that that was in his like nature to do that because he I felt like he was stepping on every stick of the way from 30 to 19 yards you know but so I first see him he's at the 12 o'clock but it's so quiet that I don't I don't know about like your camera Aaron but like my camera when I click the power button on it's got like this click like this like a double click to it like I can I can hear it and yeah your camera so you have basically what i would call like a a bridge camera and it's like a camcorder and what that sound is is you have a built-in uh like lens cover and when you hit that power button that lens cover goes you know and it it makes a noise Mm -hmm. mine doesn't mine's a dslr so when it and it's a mirrorless so when it turns on it doesn't make a noise. Like literally, it's just my button making a noise. You know. Yeah. And and but like like I said, it was so quiet that I knew. I was like, I I can't turn this camera on until he takes a step. I need to see him actively moving to take a step. But so then it's like, but you know, I the hunter in me is that that's just I haven't been filming long enough to the hunter in me always comes first, right? First step he takes, bow comes off the off the tree. The next step, I can easily grab my with my right hand, hit the power button, 
put that put that camera around the treats on the right you know i'm facing the trees and i got the camera i'm on the right hand side of the tree at like the one o'clock hour and like i talked about in the story i'm in an area that with the edges and the blowdowns that's gonna force him to come through so i just i i i i zoom out on the camera because he's close enough it picks him up and i know exactly where he's gonna go to and here we are, just like last week. I'm shooting at the two o'clock hour, but this time I don't have the branches like I did last week. And I practiced, I pulled back because I was like, dude, that very well could happen right here at the two o'clock hour. And he's coming, camera's rolling, go to full draw, and I stop him, hit him with the Garmin, 19 yards, and I put it, I, 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 like, I'm a heart shooter. Like, I, I aim at the heart, right? Like, because I'm like, I'm, I'm that person that thinks, you know, like if he drops, I'll, I'll double long him. But I, what I do for the last decade is I have a tendency to hug the shoulder. Like that is something I do. Like it's because I just, I am for the heart. Like I don't want not to jinx myself, but I will shoot most of the time a shoulder before I shoot it. Gut shot a deer. Like I, I I don't know if I've ever even gut shot a deer before. Like I, I shoulder, like if I mess up, I'm going to shoot him in the shoulder. I put that 19 yard pin on his heart, dude. And he's right there. And I, I stop him and he doesn't stop the first time. I give him another, like a mirror and he stops the second time. Right on the heart, squeeze through, release. I see that I see that nocturnal fly through there and it smacks him. But I can instantly tell I knew right away I didn't have a pass through. And I looked back at the footage and I was not excited like I was last week. I was like I was dead. Well, quiet. wait wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. You you didn't look at the footage right away, right? I mean you called me first right you didn't look did you after the shot did you go and look at the footage in the no 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 what did i say i looked at the footage yeah you said you looked back at the footage and you could tell no okay okay no what i'm saying is is like today i looked back at the oh footage. yeah yeah yep okay i look i looked back at the footage at my reaction like you know like last week i when i when i when i shot that deer i instantly knew like great shot Last night's reaction was eyes are glued to him. My ears are open, like stand still and listen. My first initial reaction was I, I said on camera, I think I may be a little forward. I may be a little low. But for the second week in a row, when that, when that arrow hits that deer, my nocturnal turns off. So I don't know. And this time I can't see my arrow down there. Call my wife. You know, she, I, I said, I just, I, I just shot Big Barry. I, you know, the, the thing that I've worked for, I planned for, I thought about all summer long, trying to think 24, 48 hours ahead of this deer, a deer that I do not see during deer season. Like, am I technically hunting a ghost? I just shot him. Right. Like the plan couldn't have gone any better especially in an area like this this is not my style of hunting usually but it's somewhat i'm not surprised that he's holed up in an area like this it's tough it's tough to get in on him called her 
she's so happy for me. Called you. You're jacked. But I, I, I was concerned. But, it, dude, it's like, it's, you know, it's not even 7 o'clock yet. So I know that I can pack my stuff up. I can get down. And I can walk over there and see. I know the arrow hit the deer. I do know that. I, I, you know, I could tell. I walk over there. And before I can, before I find my arrow, I see blood everywhere. And I mean. And, and, and wait a second. You can't see blood. You mm-hmm. are colorblind. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're just looking for like wet spots, basically. Yeah, I, I'm looking for. So, okay. So this deer was headed south. When I shot him, he, he, on a wheel, you know, like on a wheel, he, he turned directly north. So if anything, like I, I'm looking for those turn, turn marks. I told you there's not a lot of understory in this, in this, in this, you know, in the, on this property. So it's dirt. So I'm going to see his hoof marks turn on that dime. Like it's going to be a full pressure down, kick out of the dirt. Like you should be able to see that. I get out and there, there is blood everywhere everywhere and it's got bubbles in it did have a few white hairs in it not long hairs though short hairs but i mean blood everywhere but then i find my arrow okay and i'm not i am not kidding you guys this arrow if you heard my story about how my arrow broke last week 11 inches of the arrow gone Looks identical. It's three sixteenths different than my arrow from last week. There's not a drop of blood on the arrow. The exact same thing. Like the exact same thing. So my initial thought was, well, I shot him on his right side. If I did hit him in his shoulder, he has 11 inches of arrow in him. And there's a shit ton of blood. So it penetrated. So where the and then I'm like, where where are the bubbles? What what are the bubbles? There's lots of them. But I just stick the arrow on the ground. I take a picture and I I leave. I walk out. Send the send the picture to my close friends. They're all like, dude, that's a lot of blood. Look at the bubbles. Go home. Watch it on TV. My wife doesn't like it initially she does she she's like what is that i don't i don't like that that looks weird on camera and i get it like when i shoot this deer you can tell it doesn't it it, it doesn't pass through him and when he turns it, it busts that arrow like it snaps it then the arrow kind of like you know goes you know end over end flipping through the woods but I'm like, it had to have got through something because we have a ton of blood. It's 7 o'clock. Here we are because it's, it's exactly a week later on a Wednesday night. So the same as my story last week. I wait. My girls get home at 9.30. By the time we get geared up, it's going to be 10 o'clock. We're three hours. We're th- he's sat for three hours. You know, th- there's a lot of blood. So we're, I, and I, told, I told Amanda, I said, Let's go pick up the trail. If we get like 40 or 60 yards in and all of a sudden that blood dies down, like like maybe I hit his shoulder or something or his brisket, something like that, then we'll stop and I'll just come back tomorrow. We picked this blood trail up 
and he is dumping blood. To the point where I I turn the camera on and let my kids have at it. And you know, I my my kids have tracked a lot of deer, so they're they're pretty like well experienced with tracking, but they're still kids, you know, they're fifteen and eleven years old. And these two girls of mine were they were walking. We didn't have to stop to look for blood. We just walked. Blood, blood, blood. Daddy's gonna be here. I love I I have the camera rolling. He's gonna be around the next tree. That that's all I all I can keep thinking about. My wife's like, I smell him, I can like I can smell him. Well, all of a sudden we're eight hundred yards into this track. And I you know, it's my daughter Madeline, my daughter Bailey, my my wife, then me, then my grandpa bringing up the rear. So my two daughters up front. 800 yards in, all of a sudden, dude, uh, we have a deer. We have a deer that was bedded down, and he stands up. And both my girls were like, oh, dad, it's a huge buck. And he stands up, and he takes two hard bounds. I can, I can hear the sound in my head. Two hard, like you can hear that mature body, those hoofs hitting the dirt, pop, 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 pop. And he goes quiet, nothing. And we sit there and we debate, you know, like he's been bleeding, dude. Like, like we did 800 yards in like 40 minutes. Kids did. Kids did. Walked it. And uh, we debated, you know, do, do we push? Do we keep going? Keep him bleeding? Like, keep him bleeding like that? Like, you know, at that time I'm thinking there's, he, he can't survive if he keeps bleeding like that. But. It was, it's now 11 o'clock, you know, it's four hours later after the shot. Clearly, I didn't heart shoot him because he's still alive. Clearly didn't double lung him. I never thought I double lunged him. That wasn't, that wasn't an even, like rewatching the, the film at home. Never thought I double lunged him at all. I thought maybe I punched through and got the heart. That was always my thought. But obviously, 100 yards later, I didn't heart shoot him. And we decided to back out. Let's let's get out of here. Let's if he's just gonna keep bleeding like this, let's pick him up in the morning. So we make the the long walk out because we're a long ways away now, right? Call you, text some other buddies, talk about it's late. Most people are sleeping, and uh, you know, try to got home. The kids, yeah, I, I think the kids fell asleep before I even had my teeth brushed. They were whooped. I mean, that's that's a lot on kids. You you think about like what it looks like at their their eye level to be out there. And it's intimidating to walk up on a deer, but boy, when we jump, them, they you know most of us we're we're trying to be quiet. We're like, oh my god, it's a huge buck. You know, they were just like they were almost excited. It's like, oh shoot, I mean, we jumped up. I'm not excited, but at least we know it was probably him. So then you know. Try to get sleep. I slept for 43 minutes. 43 minutes overnight. And I, I know everyone's probably gone through that. Get up. Take both the girls to school. Then you say, well, I'm going to come down. And I told you you didn't have to. You know, For all the listeners, like Aaron and I don't live close to each other. It's a lot. you know. And, and I know that you, you run your daughter to school and pick her up. And you got a lot of duties too. And 
He said, no, I no, I want to come down. And I, I was super appreciative. So me, you, my wife Amanda, and Grandpa Wayne headed back out on the track. And we went all the way back up to Last Blood, um, kind of where we, we jumped him. And he, you know, he he did something weird right there. He almost like went under a, a deadfall and kind of like did this weird circle. He just, he did something weird. And we were actually having a tough time picking up the blood off of that. And it was just hard to believe because it was like, there's a lot of blood right there. And then all of a sudden you called me and you're like, hey, I got, I, I got blood and he's bleeding a lot. And we all met you up there. And dude, from when you called me, <laughs> and from the time we met you, we walked at a pretty steady pace. Now I will say, he was not bleeding like the night before, but I'll let you speak on this. You've been on a lot of blood trails, but to me, like we were still a lot of, we, this was a walking pace blood trail. Would you, what, what was your thoughts when you first seen that got on blood today? Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal, develop high quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Well, I'm going to go back to where you guys kicked him up. <clears throat> Excuse me. Where you guys kicked him up and, and I was trying to decipher like what was going on because, you know, with the deadfall there and blood on both sides of the deadfall and i'm trying to de like decipher like there's no way he went under this deadfall and how it was there's no way he went over it was too high like with a hurt animal i'm like why is there blood on both sides what direction is he going there's some fields around i'm like is he going to the field is he going like 
I'm just trying to piece together basically a crime scene. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like just trying to figure out like what way is he going? So, you know, and, and this is something I just want to, this is not a pat on the back for me. This is just something I was taught when I was a kid. Uh, my dad taught me to do half moon shapes. And what I mean by that is, is if you can, if you can somewhat decipher a direction of what you think the deer went, um, I was taught to do half moon shapes depending on how big you want it to, to, to be. So let's say the deer is, is, is running south and this is no groundbreaking information by any means. It's just something that might help someone else. So I'm going to explain it a little bit here. Let's say the deer is running south. I'm going to do half moon shapes from the east to west. And I'm going to be look and trying to, trying to pick up, you know, any blood. And I did that for, I don't know, 45 minutes maybe. And I just kept getting farther and farther, farther and farther. Now you also got to look at like, you don't want to ruffle too many leaves up and, and you know, you don't really want like a whole herd of people doing this, but you got to be careful and conscious of of, like what you're doing. So finally, you know, when I did find blood and I looked around and you guys were nowhere to be found, like you were back at the, like, Mm -hmm. you know, you guys were still looking for a direction of what we thought the deer went. I'm like, holy crap. Like I had my head down for so long that I did not know how far I was getting away from you guys really. And I called you, you know, and you guys came up there. So now to to answer your question, we, from that point, we walked and I'm telling you guys, a lot of people, and this is, I, I stayed, I stated it in the, in the beginning of the podcast. I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of it as well. Like, Hey, this was the best blood trail you've ever had. Like you say it a lot. You know what I mean? It's like, Oh my God, there was so much blood. There was so much blood. I'm telling you right now, my pants were bloody from as much blood as when we were walking. It was all over me last night. Your girls, they were bloody. Their pants were bloody. Mm -hmm. Like there was so much blood and we walked and now Amanda, your wife, she can see blood. Her and her and I can see blood and, and grandpa Wayne and you were kind of hanging out at last blood when we'd lose it a little bit. And then we'd try to get back on it. Cause this deer had really no rhyme or reason. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like he was veering off a little bit and then he'd get back on the track and yada, yada. And so Amanda and I were kind of leading the way and I don't know, man. I felt like her and I were just walking for constantly. I mean, I remember because I was filming filming a lot of it, but I remember filming and talking about, you know, even saying like, hey, guys, this is how we're walking and just holding the camera up and and, and watching us walk. And it's literally, it would be like Amanda and I holding hands down a, a sidewalk. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, hey, here we are. You know, yeah. It was literally like that for almost two miles yeah guys like the tracker was just under two miles like i want to say my tracker was 1.9 miles when we finally i don't want to get into that yet but this deer did some crazy things and i i want to get into a couple different instances where he discharged something on the ground okay the first one that we found, it almost looked like it was something that came out of his nose. And I don't, I don't 
know how to like describe it other than it was almost like I would I don't want to say snot because it snot breaks up. This really wouldn't break up. And so I didn't know if it was like something out of his nose, out of his mouth, out of his, you know, the hole, but we could see there was only he was only bleeding out of one hole and it DJ shot him on the right side and the blood was on like the left side basically. But where the deer was walking, it was almost like it was coming out underneath of him. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? Like it was it was almost like his oil plug was out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I would agree with that because that that you know, when it started following blood today compared to yesterday, it started, you know, cross my mind that maybe I was low and I was really forward. You know what I mean? Where it wasn't like, hey, we're just we're you know, we're right in the side of the you know the armpit per se yeah and and so that was one instance and then we came to another one where he discharged something again and it was bigger and this was i don't know if this was like a muscle or you know it didn't really feel like fat it what didn't have the consistency of fat it was almost like a muscle maybe um yeah that 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 was was, that one was weird Right, because like Th- that was really weird. Yeah, because you know initially when you first look at it, you think muscle, like, but you know we're if you think about like the you know last night and then today, so you're telling me like two miles into this, like you're just gonna lose that muscle now, like by day, like that it was almost too light to be muscle. You know what I mean? Like yeah, like I feel like we could have just pulled it apart, like it just like easy you know i I don't i do not know what that was but i will say before you go on you know we talked you said something about you know that the deer had no rhyme or reason the one thing that stood out to me afterwards is that this deer did not want to leave the cover that is the one rhyme or reason i felt like he had no and and he so he did go out of the timber into the field but on the field edge, we thought, you know, you look out and there's like a swale out in the middle of a field. And, and then remember, I got a big whiff of deer, mm-hmm. like just a, like, and I'm like, you know, I'm like doing that. I'm like, you guys smell that. And you were like, oh, I smell it now. And then Amanda's like, oh, I smell it. And I'm like, I'm in the wind was blowing from that swale to us. I'm like, DJ, he's got to be in that swale. Like it is thick. It looked like thick cover out in the middle of a field. Like why you would think that would be where a deer would want to go and like think he'd be safe because he's hurt, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. he he took that field edge for a little bit and then he went back into the cover. And I'm like, man, at that moment, I like in my head, I'm thinking this deer does not want to leave this timber. That's what I thought. Yeah. He, you know, you look, you look at the track that we laid down on, on like Onyx. He looked like a security guard covering all the all of the the property edges. That's what he looked like. Like this is exactly mm-hmm. what he did. Like he just worked the edges. But yeah, when you say just shy of two miles, that that's exactly what it was, dude. And it was, it was just walking, you know. And, and this deer, yeah. this this deer made a true circle. Okay, he we tracked him right through the exact little patch of bedding that he came from last night when I shot him. He walked within, I would say, 40 to 60 yards of the tree I killed him from. 
Well, wait a second, because let's let's go back real quick. So he we did cross a creek. Okay, we had to cross a creek, and you, you so you guys initially tracked him eight hundred yards from from the shot the night before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just did a big loop, and he's coming back to the tree. Yep. He probably he probably ran right over his bed that he was laying in when you got in to the tree. And then he decides to go right back to the tree where he was shot. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, guys, we got to be careful here because we're coming up to the initial track job. We're going to cross paths here. Yep. You know, yep. and and we didn't want to get the blood mixed up. Yeah, and it, 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 like when we when we started entering that little pocket of bedding, like I, I thought, like in my mind, that was it. Like a truly a buck of this caliber is like, he is going to go back to where he feels the safest that day. And he's going to go lay down and die. Nope. That's not exactly. That's not what he did. He accidented that, that bedding. And I, I do want to say something too, because a lot of people are probably trying to ask themselves like, are you, you guys are bumping the deer. You guys are pushing the deer. So we talked about that, but there was a lot of dry blood. There was a lot of dried blood. And here's the kicker guys. We never found a bed. Now, if we would have found a bed, we would have backed out right away. We're like, we're kicking this deer. And the other kicker is Amanda and I are head down. You and grandpa are head up. And we talked about that. You guys watch for any deer jumping up kicking up it's calm and the thing was like you talked about this is not like a very like like glamorous piece of ground you can hit a nine iron through this thing and probably won't hit like a branch you know what i mean like there is no understory you can you could see for a ways in here so like if we're bumping this deer a we're gonna hear him b somebody's gonna see him Okay. And we didn't get a bed. It, the first bed, if we would have came to the first bed, I would have been like, DJ, I personally think we probably should back out right now. And we never came to that bed. Yeah. Yeah. And he, you know, it's, and we, we pretty much put eyes on any deer that we did bump up. I think we probably bumped up three deer during the day and we put eyes on all of them. Like good, like we're, we're, we're within, you know, 60 to 80 yards of when we actually bumped these deer up and just like where they should be, they were all in those little bedding pockets in there. That's what it is. Like little bedding pockets. Yeah. So, you know, we crossed the original, you know, bed that he was laying in or bedding area, I should say, where he was laying in before I shot him. He crossed within, you know, 60, 80, maybe even 40 yards of the, the tree that I shot him from. Crossed the original blood trail from where I shot him. And now he's headed now he's headed to a new direction. We've made a full 360 degrees. We can close the circle. Like, the circle is fully closed. Like, we crossed it. But now he's headed off to a new direction. And we're still on pretty good blood, right? But now... Guess what? Now we have to talk to another property owner. Property owner was great. No problem at all. The only thing was is that the property the property owner asked me, you know, that he would like to hunt tonight, dude. And I had no problem with it. I knew you had places to be tonight too, so I had no problem pulling out right around that two o'clock hour. I, I know that I had the following day also 
to go look for them if I don't find them today. And so we pushed on, pushed on, and pushed on. But then all of a sudden, it like came to a hard stop. To the the type of stop where like the next couple of drops had to be found like on your hands and knees kind of stop. But like, like we like the same area where I shot him, where he stopped. The deadfalls are forcing him to do something. So we have a really, really good general idea of his direction of travel at that point. But all of a sudden, we just we just stop. There's no more blood, you know. And now we're, you know, almost two miles on day two, eight hundred yards on day one. We're knocking on three miles of track and in. A walking blood path the whole way. And I, we're, we're, we haven't talked about something that was very apparent. Is this deer, you guys, this deer walked this whole track. He never ran, in my opinion. And there, you, might, you may ask why. Well, DJ talked about seeing a lot of dirt on the ground. You can, there is no understory. There is like nothing. There's a lot of black dirt. You could see his track. The other thing is you can tell and how far the spacing was with the blood that literally this deer walked Mm -hmm. over two miles. He never, I don't think he ever ran. It really just never told me that he ever ran. Mm -hmm. I don't really know what to think about that. You know, I think the deer's hurting. I think he may have walked a lot. We did find a couple of spots where he did stop and leak a lot, but I think that was where he was like trying to lick himself, you know, and, and try to get like, get the bleeding to stop. And he's like, this doesn't feel right, but he walked this whole way in my opinion. And I'd almost put a lot of money on that, that that's what he did. Yeah. Yeah. And you're that, that's, that's a good observation because like you said, it's dirt and you, <laughs> There's no mistake in this deer's track. He's got a giant track. Like there, there's no mistake in it. But like, like you nailed it. When he would stop, I'm not saying it's like pouring out a full beer can of beer, but like it's at least a half a can of like liquid sitting there right in the trail. Like it's a lot. <clears throat> so, like I said, we eventually run out of blood, and we're kind of running out of time too. And from that point, we mark last blood. We don't push in a whole lot. I respect the guy. Uh, they gave me permission to keep going. I knew we wanted to hunt tonight. I actually talked to him after hours tonight. He was like, dude, you go, just go keep tracking. I won't go hunt. I said, no, go hunt. I, I got tomorrow, right? If I don't, you know, if we don't find him walking back, because we're going to go four wide and just, just, start gridding back towards the truck basically and that's what we do mark last blood and just and gridded back and uh ended the day empty-handed real empty-handed and uh it's that's always a tough pill to swallow dude it's it's uh you know it means a lot to me these animals mean a lot to me and it's 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 i was thinking about it tonight you know i i feel like at times like this, it makes me feel like I let myself down. But like more than anything, my my family allows me to do this, and they know what kind of work 
that goes into it. And someone listening to this podcast, they can say, well, dang, you know, David, you know, like you, you got two shots at two of your, the bucks you're after and in the, you know, first 11 days or whatever the case may be. Or it's like, that's true, but there's a, <clears throat> there's a shit ton of work that went into the off season and even the years of learning these places. And so when my family allows me to do that and go chase that passion of mine and, and the fact that like somewhere along the line, I made a mistake that I cannot finish the job. Like that weighs heavy on me, dude. Like that weighs, like I feel more, I feel worse about that than like, than what's on me kind of thing, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. And, and I feel the same way, like, you know, about Tupac last night, like, you know, I had him at 35 yards and, and I made a mistake. I thought he was farther than what he was. I misjudged the yardage. And like you said, people are, could be sitting there and saying, Hey, you've only hunted twice this year. You killed your number one target on one farm. And then you got your number one target on the other one at 35 yards and two sits. And it's like, you know, what are you bitching for? What are you, what are you down in the dumps for? I'm like, I, I understand where you're coming from on that. If you're saying that, but like, that is time for me right there to get the job done and then literally have the rest of the fall until we leave for Kansas or whatever to just, you know, not have to, in a sense, almost relax because we can't go any farther. Mm-hmm. Like when you tag out, you can't go any farther. You could keep, you could keep, you know, hunt for does if you want. You could keep scouting, you can keep running cameras if you want. But the thing is, is like, you're almost like you have, you, you train for, you know, I'm going to say train, but you, you work for, you know, 10, 11 months of the year for this time. And then if you can tag out, it's like, it's almost like you're the monkeys off your back. You can f- kind of forget about it all and just be so zoned in on the, the, the real priorities that you really have, mm. you know, the family, the friends, the relationships you have the the kids you might have like so that weighs heavy and that comes for me anyway I'm not gonna speak for you or anybody else but that's where a lot of the self-inflicted pressure I put on myself comes from as well as like I want to get it done so bad so I can give like I can give back to my family in a way like here's a hundred percent of dad or yep. husband, you know, if that makes sense. So I totally get what you're saying. It's easy for me to sit here and play Monday morning quarterback when you're down right now, but like, I totally get it. I think a lot of people listen to this probably get it as well. But, uh, you know, we know how much time we put into this year round. My wife said the other day, she's like, the hunting season is not just October, November, December. It is literally 365 days for you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, look at here, we're here and it's, you know, 1030 at night and we're recording a podcast about hunting. So, <laughs> you know, here it is. Yeah, no, it, I mean, she's correct, dude, because like, yeah, there, there's no doubt, you know, we, you could completely stop doing all the stuff in the off season and just hunt and, you know, you, you could, you know, run into one here and there, but not, you wouldn't be strategic like this. You're just not going like it. You, mm-hmm. It's a direct reflection of work, right? Like, it, it doesn't mean everything like that, like this. This is a perfect example. I could put in all the work I wanted. 
and arguably what I thought would be the hardest buck to ever catch up with. When it when it comes time, I I mess up, right? Like, it's it's you know I know it's a popular for people to say it's a game of inches, but it is. I think two inches two inches you know back to the left, and this is a totally different story. Two inches maybe higher, and it's a totally different story. I I, I don't know, but for all the listeners, I I want you to know as you're listening to this right now, I I am back out there looking for them. I, I don't want this, what you hear right now, I do not want this to be the end of the story. I will spend my entire weekend, I shot them on Wednesday, I spent Thursday, I'll spend Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I'm going to spend four days, and after that, if I don't find them, uh, it's going to be onward after that. I have no choice. Yeah. I have... Mm-hmm. I have been in this situation before, Aaron, and I I know you probably have too. Anyone that's bow hunting long enough, it's easier said than done, right? Oh, just get back in the tree, you know, back in the saddle, whatever the case may be. I I get it. That that's what you got to do. But damn, is it easier said than done? And and you know that you and I already talked about this. But if you listen back and begin this podcast, we talked about how Big Barry doesn't he does not show up on cameras. That's going to be tough because a lot of people may say, well, you know, hopefully he'll show back up on camera. And I hope he does. I hope he, I hope he makes a mistake and runs by one of these trail cameras, but I don't think it will happen. I, it's, it's, it's going to take either finding him dead or putting eyes on him one night or Mm -hmm. in the morning or in the day, whatever the case may be. But my, uh, got one last question for you about it though. What is, I mean, seeing it in person, seeing the shot on video, what what's your gut instinct? Is is it is there is there a dead deer out there? And if there is, is he dead now or is he gonna die in the future? Like what what's your what's your gut instinct? Because I'll give you mine afterwards. So <clears throat> driving driving home, I thought about this the whole way home. And so we, you know, we went back after we tracked and we watched the shot on the big screen, slowed it down and everything. My, so I'm first, I'm going to just kind of reference the shot and where I think the shot was, was placed. Cause probably a lot of, I don't think we really covered that much. Um, so quick, you know, like real time speed in the camera where the shot looks like it hits. It looks like it hits the point of the shoulder, you know, perfect up and down. But like the point of the shoulder, that's what it looks like. But when you slow it down, in my personal opinion, I think you hit right in front of the front shoulder, like right in front of it. And I don't know what you hit to make it bleed like that. And, you know, we tracked this deer two miles today and you tracked it another 800 yesterday and we didn't find the 11 inches of arrow with the broadhead. So that's still with him, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like we, like we are almost a hundred percent positive that arrow is still in him. So, with that being said, um, is there a dead deer out there? With the you know, I asked you today when we got done done tracking. I said, do you think you could, with all the blood that we found and all the blood you found yesterday? Could you fill up a five-gallon pail? And you said, mm, probably not. 
but I could fill up a two gallon pail mm-hmm. and a two gallon pail is that's a lot. Mm-hmm. And I agreed like for sure you get a two gallon pail and you could, you could fill that up for sure with the blood. I mean, no doubt with the blood we found. That's a lot of blood. Now, I'm not obviously a scientist. I haven't looked into stuff like this. I, you know, I heard a stat one time that deer make blood just as quick as they lose blood, like they're making it. Like, I don't know how true that is. I heard it from a pretty credible source at the time. Um, so as, as fast as he's pumping it out, he could be pumping it in if that's, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Do I think there's a dead deer? I think he's dead. I think it's literally a you matter of time before we find he him. He will die. Um, I, I just, okay, let me go back. Is he dead right now? 50-50, I don't know. What I mean by he's dead is I don't think he can live with the infection of the, what, with the shot placement and the yeah. arrow in him. I just don't see him living. And it, it is, and like I told you at the beginning of the podcast, everybody, like, there's going to be some things said that probably a lot of people aren't going to say or a lot of people won't want to hear. But this deer obviously is like, I don't think he's going to live with what has went on with him. And that's just, that's just the nature of it. Yep. It is. It, is. Is it right? Is it wrong? You know, no. Does it kill us? Fuck yes. Yeah. It kills us mm-hmm. because we're just not in it to go out there and just start poking deer and just leave them lay. Like we're not in that game. We do have, we do really love these animals. And why do we put 365 days a year into these animals is because it's a lot of fun to try to figure them out, chase them. And it's a lot of fun to be able to, you know, have them on your wall too and be able to eat them like the, they're delicious. Yeah. So the hard truth is I don't see him making it through the winter if he's still alive right now. That's yeah. that's where my head's at. Yeah, that's that's pretty much the camp I'm in. Um, man, I I just I can't I can't see him surviving that that blood loss. Now, whether it's it's already happened, whether it's happening tonight, tomorrow, whether it's a, a couple of days, that I don't know. But like I said, obviously I didn't hit some anything important because we would have already had Big Barry hanging in the garage today. But I I can't get over that blood trail. I I can't get over it. I mean, you even crossed. You know, when we walked out, you you thought you found blood, but that was the blood from last night. That there was a lot of blood. I. I can't get over the fact the amount of blood he lost and the fact that he's got 11 inches of air with a broadhead in him. Whether he bleeds to death, infection sets in, he's too weak to get away from predators, I, I don't know. But I, I'm going to exhaust all efforts. I said it for the next three days as people are listening. I will be out there and I will do, I will knock on every landowner's door. You never know if he ends up in a backyard, in a field. I'll talk to any farmer around, and I will I will be religiously, you know, I will go out of my way and go drive by this area 
and be checking for buzzards in the sky, whatever, whatever it takes to try and put an end to this story because the deer deserves it. You know, he's a legend in my eyes, but you know what they say, like legends, but it says they don't, they don't die easy. Legends never, legends never die. Legends never die. And, and gosh, dang, like I think about, I think about Big Barry over the years and it's like, if there was one deer that was going to do this to me, this is, this is, this is him. This is his MO, dude. Like, it just, that is, that is who he is, dude. He is one tough son of a bitch. Maybe one of the smartest whitetails I've ever seen in person. Lucky enough to hunt. Had my opportunity. I was just off. I was off, dude. Yep. A few inches off. Yeah, that's well, uh you know that's my update, dude. September eleventh. <laughs> I put I punched not the September eleventh. Not, not September eleventh, October eleventh. October eleventh. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I, I get my, it. I get it. Hey, hey, I get it. You you're it's everybody on here is feeling the effects. And honestly, if people could see you right now, like how I can see you on video, like like it's really affecting you. Oh yeah. Like I, I can mean, see it on your face, you know. Yeah, dude, it's it's just tough like I said, you know, like especially when I take my kids out there and it's like God, it just makes me feel like I let them down, you know. Like I said they they give me all the time in the world, they support me. I mean, hell, even for all the listeners, you know, like you know, just to let you guys know, like Aaron Aaron told me, he's like, "Dude, we we don't have to do this. Like we don't have to talk about this at all." Like I've told you guys, I'm an all or nothing person. If I'm going to bring you my season, I'm going to bring it to you and it's going to be as real as it gets because it's not always pretty. Last week looked real good. This week doesn't. This week takes away from last week. I'm going to be 100% honest, 100% honest. But I wanted, I want to share this stuff with you guys because there's going to be guys out there that maybe already have went through this this year or are going to. It is real. I don't care what anyone says. Like this. This shit is real. You do it long enough, dude. It it will get you. You know, play head games, and it's tough. Like I, I came down here to record this tonight, telling myself to like, dude, just be positive, be positive. There's someone out there that's gonna go through it too. You gotta be positive too. But dude, it's tough. But yeah, like I said, I wanted, I wanted, dude. If I'm gonna take everyone, you know, for the ride along with what my season looks like, this is what you're gonna get, dude. Maybe tomorrow we jump on and I find them. Maybe the story never ends. I don't know, but it's as real as raw as it as it gets for me. Yeah, and in closing, that that's that's all I'm looking for. That's all David's looking for. That's all we're looking for for this podcast because that's what we're about. You know, same thing. If if this would have happened to me, I'd be talking about this because everybody listening to this it, it can relate to this at some at some degree they can relate to this and like i said to start this this is what i'm going to say in closing i'm going to say it again in our world in our society all this shit it gets deleted and i didn't tell you know i didn't ask david or tell him like hey you don't have to talk about this if you don't want to because of you know because of how things are in our world or anything like that 
but I get it. Like I see how bad it affects you. And like, I don't want to put you in a situation where like that it could eat at you and eat at you and, Mm -hmm. and, and for, you know, whatever other reasons. And, you know, I was going to give you that decision. You know, did I want you to talk about it? Hell yeah, I did. Because, because this is it. This is what we live. Mm. This is the, the thing is, DJ, you know, this is just as well as I do. This isn't the last time this is going to happen to you. Mm-mm. Nope. It's not the last time it's going to happen to me. It's not, you know, and if it's never happened to you, just wait, keep hunting. It'll happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really will. Yep. So. No, hey, dude, and I just want to tell you, I, I appreciate you coming down today. It, you know, it, even though we didn't recover Big Berry, I'm pointed in the right direction. I'm elim- eliminating a lot of stuff out there now. I have a, you know, I'm headed north. I'm going into some areas, and we'll see. But I, I, I really appreciate you coming down. I mean, it, I, you're a hell of a blood tra- tracker, dude. You can tell you've been on a lot of blood trails in your life. Well, I, you know, no, no problem at all. Like that's, you don't have a lot of help. That's nothing to say against Amanda or Grandpa Wayne, but like, you know, with you not being able to see blood, like that eliminates you almost right off the rip, mm-hmm. you know, like you, you literally cannot see blood. Like that sucks. I even said on the, sh- on the track job today, I said, dude, I feel really bad for you mm-hmm. just to have to like, basically, I mean, you looked, you tried to look, you, you kept asking us, is this blood? Is this blood? Is this blood? You know? I don't think one time you said this blood, it was blood, but Hey, you, you know, you're still trying, but you know, I just, first and foremost, I wanted to be able to be there for you and help out any way I can. And, um, you know, secondly, I wanted to be able to take some cool pictures if we could, <laughs> if we were, if we were to get them, you know? Um, yeah. but so it is what it is. I would do it again tomorrow. Honestly, if I could. Um, you know, and that's the nature of it too. Like this is real life shit. Like I had to take my daughter to school this morning. What did I do? I went and got fuel after I dropped her off and I headed right down to you. Yep. And then I said, well, I got to leave at two 30 cause I got to pick her up from school, you yep. know? So I had to give, I had to be back. So that's, that's real life stuff, man. Like it's, and, and, and I am glad I have a job with latitude that allows me to be able to do that. And, and I just, you know, why not? If I can do it, I'm going to do it. Yep. For sure, buddy. But yeah, once again, I appreciate it. And, uh, onward. And if there, if there's an update on big Barry, you know, like we said, we're, we're sharing everything. They're all in the real. You'll, you'll know it an update on Tupac. You'll know it. That sounds like maybe, uh, later this weekend, you'll be back out in the tree. So good, good luck, buddy. And, uh, let's, let's just keep rolling, buddy. Heads up. Eyes for sure. forward. For sure, man. Well, thank you everybody for all the all the support and all the downloads. If you guys would please go to iTunes if you listen on iTunes, even if you don't, leave a five star rating and leave a written review. Do the same thing on Spotify if you listen there or you don't listen there, or if you have a family member that might not even listen to it, just search the Fall Podcast on Spotify and hit subscribe and hit the five star rating. That'd be great. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. Thank you guys very much. We'll be right here next time on the Fall Podcast. Thank <laughs> you.
When you go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment. Every once in a while, it's fun to go with like just full-blown redneck on these fish. This is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here. From the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama City Beach has to offer during Chasing the Sun, Sundays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.